Attention HR professionals. Are you tired of dealing with poor performance from your managers? Are you sick of having managers run to you for every single little problem? Would you like to build the confidence and competence of your management team? If so, then contact Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, we specialize in building up the skills and confidence of your organization's managers. We do this through our popular Driving Results on-site training programs, our signature program, the Video-Driven Boss Builder Academy, and we even license our course materials so you and your internal training staff can get those managers confident and competent. For more information on how we can help you improve the performance of your organization's managers, contact us today at www.thebossbuilders.com or at 931-221-2988. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of the Boss Builder Podcast, the podcast for those of you who are new to supervision, those of you who are in the role and struggling, and even some of those of you who want to eventually make the transition to manager. Well, if you're in the role, you probably have wrestled with the fact that some of your employees don't seem to be as motivated as others. You may have been hassled by your HR professionals telling you you need to work harder so we can build our engagement scores. And you might just be looking for a new way to recognize people in a different way and bring them back to be productive human beings and workers. If you have any of those dilemmas, I think you're going to really appreciate today's guest on the podcast, Our guest is Linda Rozak Burton, and what she's going to talk about is the science of gratitude. Now, for some of you that say gratitude, oh boy, this ought to be some touchy-feely stuff, we're going to look at the science around it, and I think you're going to find that there's some really good strategies here if you want to figure out the way to bring the very best of your team to work. Her interview is a real fun one. I had a good time with this one, and she's got some really good actionable strategies. So let's just go ahead and jump in and meet our special guest, Linda Rozak Barton. Linda Rozak Barton, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mac. Nice to be here. I'm really glad that we could have you on the show. The topic we're going to be looking at today is recognition. And so for the audience for our podcast, which is the newly promoted supervisor, those who have been in the role for a while and are struggling, and even those who are thinking about one day making the transition to management, it's very important that they figure out some strategies on how to motivate and recognize people. And you've got a very, very interesting perspective on this dealing with gratitude. So before we get into the questions, I was hoping you could share something about your background and yourself with us. Yeah, thank you. I'd be happy to. I really do most um, of my work through executive coaching and team coaching and bring a lot of research in positive psychology, neuroscience, which is where I have my coach training through, and um, gratitude that comes um, out of that. And so as I began to weave the research into my coaching, I actually became a very good practitioner of gratitude myself, which allowed me to experience uh, many of the benefits that the studies now show are available to almost anyone that practices gratitude. So it's become a part of 
uh, how I coach, but it's also a part of my being and thinking. Well, I'm interested in a couple of things. First of all, I, I was wondering if you could just define for us what gratitude is and then tell us how you got interested in the research on gratitude, however you define it. From the research, we know that gratitude is considered an affirmation of goodness and a recognition of goodness outside of ourselves. So that's how we process gratitude. And it engages our mind in three ways. One is that we intellectually recognize that we've received a benefit um, and that we're willingly able to acknowledge the gift or the giver. So in gratitude, those two terms are, are what you, we see quite often, the gift and the giver, um, the benefit, the benefactor. And then we're also um, open to gratitude by emotionally appreciating what we have received from the gift or the giver. It's also based on our values, and so we're pretty good at identifying when somebody is disingenuine, doing something for us that um, would make us indebted to them to return a favor. So when we think of um, why we feel emotional a reaction to somebody that's done something for us, it's because they've really tapped into something that we consider valuable or that fulfills a need that we have. With the birth of positive psychology, gratitude is now considered a strength. Um, a French poet once, once said that gratitude is a memory of the heart, which is so like the French, right? Um, <laughs> and even the Roman philosopher Cicero considers gratitude the virtue of all virtues. So you take all of that and um, look at, well, how do we, how does that look in an organization or in an organization that wants to have gratitude as an essential part of their culture? And that's where recognition comes in. And, and so I may use the term recognition or appreciation or gratitude interchangeably um, during our podcast today. Well, if somebody's in the role of the boss, what might be some warning signs that their department or their organization actually needs to have more gratitude in their recognition programs? Well, one of the first warning signs would be that there's someone in your organization that has a very disgruntled attitude, that the amount of time that you're spending working with this individual or hearing complaints about this individual is taking up too much of your energy and not enough good energy extended to the people that are really some of your top performers. And so a disgruntled attitude. The other um, warning sign is where there's someone that's constantly complaining and finger pointing, blaming. Um, we refer to these individuals, Mac, as BMWs. They bitch, moan, and whine all the time. Or bully, which is even worse, right? Bully, moan, and whine. I hope, excuse my language, hope that wasn't offensive. No, I like it. Yeah, well, and it's, and it, as we'll talk later um, in the broadcast that I hope is the stickiness to 
negative emotions. And so that's why um, we really want to identify these warning signs and look at the group of individuals that we often overlook. And those are the positive influencers. They are the go-to people that your listeners could list right now if they wanted to. And unfortunately, that group in the middle, uh, Gallup talks about 60% in the middle of an organization that tip either way, positive influencers, negative influencers. Well, that stickiness um, really does create that downward um, descent or we, we call it going down the rabbit hole, getting caught up in those negative emotions. And so people either avoid the disgruntled individual, they come to the boss and complain and expect the boss do something about that individual, which in fact there is a role for, but there's also an, um, a role for a peer to peer to discuss a, what type of environment is most productive for the team. So those are, those are some of the warning signs that I think most organizations struggle with. Um, and, and gratitude programs can be tied, linked to what type of recognition is really going to be most appreciated by those positive influencers and that group in the middle. I guess I never really thought about it that way. And, you know, in our experience, I mean, I hate to say it, maybe because when we get called in, it's typically when there's a problem. It seems like there's a lot more of those BMWs Mm -hmm. than the other group. But I guess I never really saw the group in the middle as being that volatile where they could go either way. I mean, we would hope they would go to the good side, not the BMW side. But I guess I never realized how much of a of a magnet that could be. Absolutely. Very sticky. And that really has to do with how our brains are wired. Uh, we have a built-in negativity bias. And it's, you know, it kept it kept the cavemen and women alive. Um, but our reptilian brain is still intact. And so we look for what's wrong constantly. And we're great at wanting to solve problems. And so some of that neuroscience, some of that brain matter uh, is what we have to deal with and what we need to take into perspective in terms of recognition and reward programs in our organizations. Well, so many of the companies we work with, they they do things like, you know, it's almost become somewhat stereotypical, right? We have young workers, so we've got to have the free soda and the ping pong Mm -hmm. machine or ping pong balls or whatever. But that's different, it sounds like, than gratitude. Recognition programs and gratitude seem like they're very different. So why does gratitude matter in the workplace and in recognizing employees? Is it is it more than just those little superficial things? Yeah, well, and you know what? I think some of those things are are important. I don't believe that we should eliminate them. Um, that the 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 recognition industry last time I checked was a forty seven million dollar industry. So that's not going away. And plaques and service recognitions, etc., certificates they are important. The difference is that we have a fundamental human need to be acknowledged for our existence. And when we're able to tap into what is meaningful to the individual, how it comes as authentic and genuine, and that it taps into those values that guide 
our decisions that guide our organizations, we're really tapping into something that allows us to feel we're making progress, that we are contributing, that we have hope to accomplish the goals of our of our job as well as the goals of the organization. So it's a um, um, at a much higher level, if you will, that we tap into our employees' engagement and dedication and commitment and, and satisfaction and loyalty. I guess almost I would put loyalty at the top of that list. Well, I can imagine there are listeners right now that are saying, okay, I'm going to shut this podcast <laughs> off because I don't like this touchy-feely <laughs> crap. How about how about just work or get fired? So let's let's give them some let's give them some meat and potatoes now what are the scientific links between the science of gratitude employee recognition and also employee engagement good good question good question and i'm going to have to go to how the human brain works and that is there there is one organizing principle there's two emotional states it's either a threat or a reward And so uh, your managers hold status and status is either going to put an employee in the away state or the toward state or the reward state. And so when we think about recognition and engagement, um, what leaders, managers can do is to make the implicit explicit. And by that, I mean, if we are recognizing an employee, we want to be very specific about the values or the behaviors or the outcomes that the individual has been able to achieve. And we can diminish the threat of the status by giving somebody that recognition publicly or by sending them to a conference where they can participate maybe in some of the latest industry trends, or they can take a training program that will help them perform their job better. And then when that employee comes back to work, have them apply their learning to what helps achieve the goals of the department or the organization. So the, um, if we have individuals that work better autonomously, then one way to recognize them is to back away from the, 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 the micromanaging, sometimes the, the concern we have about delegating work, but look for the individuals that work autonomously well and reward them in projects that they can do on their own. And, and same with if you're more team-based, then look at where the teams can work together very well. The other um, scientific link is about making safe connections. You've probably heard of the term um, psychological safety in an organization. Mm-hmm. And what we know from gratitude and expressing it and making it a part of our work world is that it creates more pro-social behaviors. So if there's genuine expression of appreciation or recognition, we really do tap into um, and it more of an engagement with that coworker, with our, with our direct reports. 
Um, and then there's a sense of fairness that the science is also showing. You know, sometimes I hear stories about well, the R&D department, they get a trip to uh, or they get a cruise, but the sale, the, the um, sorry, I have to start over again. The, I often hear the story about the sales team gets the cruise for, for great sales for the year, but your research and development maybe gets a box lunch. Right, so we don't recognize everybody the exact same way, but there has to be a sense of fairness in how we recognize um, individuals in our organization because fairness is one of the best ways to build trust. And that builds into that psychological safety that we try to create in our organizations. Well, this is a whole lot different than just saying, hey, nice job today. It's almost saying, I'm so fortunate to have you working for us. And I guess how you do that second part is where you're going with this, right, Linda? Yes. You know, part of what the latest studies do show on gratitude is that it goes beyond the thank you. We we gain the most health and wellness and engagement and, and job satisfaction by being very specific as to what we recognize in it in our employees, specific enough to explain what they've done and how the department has benefited or the organization has benefited and the difference that that makes. So uh, it's, it goes beyond the thank you. And when you're tapping into an individual's values and you're able to link that to the organizational values, then your managers are really kind of completing that circle. And that's where some of the research now shows that um, if employee engagement, if employee satisfaction with the rewards program is high, employee engagement is high. And that's universal. World recognition worldwide um, is, it resonates with every individual. So when your managers are really looking at recognizing employees, take a look at your existing programs and see if you could adapt some of this research, some of this science to how you go about recognizing someone. You could, you can still use a plaque or a certificate um, or a ice cream social to recognize somebody with the added layer of the specificity that really connects with our employees so well. And again, we get more of what we pay attention to. So if we're really paying attention to the behaviors and the outcomes that our employees have, we will see more of that. That's part of how we're wired. Well, for the skeptic who now heard their science, which is so important to them, they're probably still saying, okay, great. Everybody feels good. So what? So let's give them the so what. What's the impact of gratitude-based recognition programs on organizational results? Many. Um, so when you have a manager that has expressed gratitude, that manager gains respect and trust. 
And when we begin to tap into that psychological safety, that psychological capital of our employees, we start to see improvements in job satisfaction, productivity. There, our, our employees are able to use more innovative thinking, creative thinking. They are able to solve more complex problems with fewer mistakes. And there's also this wonderful um, experience of building resilience and, and minimizing some of the burnout symptoms that we have in today's workforce. So there's a wellness that, that occurs with our individual employees, but also from an organizational wellness perspective. So I, I, there are skeptics out there, and actually, I one of the one of the favorite homework assignments that I like to give a skeptic if they stick around long enough for the homework <laughs> is to thank an invisible person in your organization, someone that you you don't sign their time cards, you you're not signing their checks, um, and we walk past these invisible people all the time, Mac at work, in the community. And what what happens is something very, very powerful. When you do that and you apply that specific um, explanation, the behaviors, the benefits to that recognition, the, the change in the demeanor of that individual that you're speaking to and in yourself can't be missed. It's palatable. Mm. So um, we all have good intentions. Research shows that most of us consider ourselves to be very grateful, but less than half actually express it. So that practice of expressing it can start individually. Actually, it should start individually. It should start with each one of us in looking at some way of infusing more gratitude into our daily lives. And that can be three good things, which many of your listeners probably have heard of, or it can just be reflecting on a positive emotion that you experienced in a given day. And why did you experience that? It sets the tone to a great deal. Um, and when we, and we practice this, this, again, the research shows if we practice something for 21 days, then we begin to change the neural pathways. We're strengthening the pathways in our brains that allow us to recognize more of what's working well. We'll still have problems. We're always going to have challenges. Um, but we often walk right past what's in front of us because distractions are another obstacle to practicing gratitude. It sounds like this could be the remedy for the BMWs we referred yeah, to earlier. Right. Well, it's an interesting thing that happens to those BMWs. Gallup says there's about 16 to 20% of these negative outliers, which in fact also align with Gallup's Q12 work. Some of your listeners may use Gallup Q12 for employee engagement. Those individuals that are actively disengaged are in a high threat zone in their thinking. And so if, if um, 
we're looking at creating greater engagement, how can we use gratitude to lessen that threat and actually create more of that toward state, recognizing what is going well, what someone is contributing. Now, if it's a performance issue, you need to handle that. Your managers need to handle that as a performance issue. But often it's it's the way we're thinking. It's the culture that um, we're surrounded by that impacts how we think and how we think impacts how we behave. And so back to the interesting thing that happens with the BMWs, some will actually tip towards the positive. They want to feel better about coming into work um, every day. They want to feel more engaged with their team members. And some decide, you know what, this is not, this place is no longer for me. This Something's changed, right? And I'm not interested in changing with it, so I'm going to leave. And then there's maybe a few residual BMWs, but they've lost their power because it, that shift has occurred in the culture where we're, start, we're, we're leaning into our strengths. We're, we're leaning into what's working well. And even when we have a problem, we're able to look at what is working well and how can we apply that to how we're solving the challenges that we're, that we're dealing with today and every day. New England Lean Consulting is the Northeast premier business consulting firm, helping small to medium-sized businesses implement strategic leadership and operational methodologies that help to lower costs, increase capacity, and win more customers. Their consultants provide guidance on the latest business solutions, including Lean, Six Sigma, ISO, as well as energy conservation and safety compliance to help you grow your business deliberately and strategically. Through their plan methods, you'll be able to build and sustain a long-term operational excellence advantage over your competition. To reach them, go to NewEnglandLeanConsulting.com or you can call them at 860-335-4787. Well, I want to go back to something you mentioned with the actively disengaged. And, and, and I the way I've interpreted that is that's the person that comes to work with the intent that I'm going to cause some trouble today. I'm, I'm here to create chaos like that, like that guy on the insurance commercial, right? Uh, Mayhem, right? That's going to be me, right? That's a, that's a serious problem. And sadly, I think a lot of our listeners are probably saying right now, yeah, I got enough of those people. So it sounds like even though you may kind of dismiss some of this, you don't need those kind of folks in your organization. If we can prevent that, from happening. And of course, deal with the actively disengaged as disciplinary problems yes, as yes. we should be. There's a very good chance we could turn some of this around, which now that sounds like the kind of organization yes. I would want to work for then. Oh, and and same here. I I, I really get such um, a, a benefit by working with teams that are able to give the power to the positive influencers and diminish or take away the power from the negative. So, so one of the things that your listeners might find helpful is to really think about who are their go-to people today. Um, we go to them when, when we need something done, we go to them. Um, 
and we just know that the end product is going to be exactly what we're looking for. <clears throat> the unfortunate thing to that is we often give those positive influencers a lot of work while those BMWs don't get the work. And so there's this sense of this, this isn't fair, right? I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm a good employee and I'm getting more work. And those individuals that call them slackers, whatever the term might be, they, they have a, it's a cakewalk for them. You know, they, they clock in, they mm -hmm. clock out. And so for your managers to be able to identify who are those top positive influencers and bring them together and have them identify what's working well. That's one, that's one of the first questions and, and, and do it in storytelling ways. Tell me a time when you thought this department was at its best and then have them discover the underpinning values. What are the values that are present when we're at our best? And that begins to lay the foundation for how you want the culture to look in your department or your unit or your division. And how do we expand on that? So what goal would allow us to be at our best as consistently as possible? because we're always going to have bad days, but we strive to be consistent. And that then becomes the norm that then begins to diminish the power from, from the, the BMWs. Now, fair warning to the managers. When we begin to focus on the actively engaged, the positive influencers, the actively disengaged, the mayhem people, they get actually quite loud and disruptive. They probably wouldn't say something shifting in my power base, but they intuitively know that a shift is happening. And so they act out more. Um, they may, I use the term sabotage. I think that they, at some point in time, may look to sabotage the organization Maybe they release an email to the group when it's about one individual. Oops, I didn't mean to send that to everybody. My bad, right? That's sabotage. Um, that is an actively disengaged individual that's in a high threat for some reason um, that really does so much harm to the work environment, to the engagement scores of our organization. So, well, I think what's funny about that too, and this is maybe another reason to take this information very seriously is these, these BMWs, these mayhem, these actively disengaged people, by the way, you may not realize this, but they are getting paid. You're essentially paying for this privilege of being right. put through hell every day. So it sounds like maybe we ought to get busy and start to implement some of these gratitude initiatives. I think that's an excellent place to start. You know, um, there's a great quote that by David Rock, and I, I actually am trained through the Neuroleadership Institute, and his quote, and I wrote it down here, the ability to intentionally address the social brain 
in the service of optimal performance will be a distinguishing leadership capability in the years ahead. And that what that brings to mind is that if our brain views the workplace as a social system, then if somebody is disrespectful, if, if we feel that we were passed over for a promotion, if, if someone um, didn't recognize us for something that we worked really hard at accomplishing, that lights up pain centers in our brain as powerful as if we had a physical blow to the head. So that's why managers wow. will, will hear their employees complaining about why this happened and, or why this individual isn't doing their work because we have now released neurochemicals in our brain that stay with us for hours, sometimes 24 hours. And so here's the good news and the bad news. Negative emotions stick with us. There's a stickiness. If somebody has been disrespectful for, to us in the workplace, we go home, we talk about it. We, the first thing we talk about when we come to work the next day is the same incident that happened. And that's that stickiness. That's, that's the um, cortisol being released in our, in our bloodstream. The good news is that when we express gratitude, when we are focusing on a positive emotion that occurred at the team level, at the individual level, we begin to release other neurochemicals, dopamine, which is, um, it's a feel-good um, chemical, but it also gives us more um, motivation to achieve our goals. And serotonin, which is your classic antidepressant hormone, that gives us stronger willpower. It, it's actually, it's called the leadership chemical. And I think that's, I think that's pretty awesome. Mm. So that's what's released yeah. when we're in that state of gratitude or expressing gratitude or even just reflecting on gratitude. I'm thinking too, we're really, if, if we are the boss and we're trying to turn this around, we're also not getting any help from yeah. external forces. So imagine the person, imagine the BMW who spent the better part of a day doing BMW stuff, and then they get in their car and listen to negative radio. They go home and watch negative things. They see negativity in their social media feeds. And then that's, I mean, theoretically, that's the time we should be recovering and going to somewhere happy. So that means we come back to work the next day, twice as BMW-ized, yeah. and bring that in. And so... For, for some of our listeners, I'm sure they're nodding, saying, wow, you just described my organization. This is a complete chaotic nightmare. So you've given us the remedy. So the last question I have for you is, is there a strategy that we could do, even from the level of maybe the frontline supervisor who might be listening today, to start building gratitude into the rewards and recognitions yes. programs we have? Yes. And I love how you just kind of put all that together. Um one of the one of the things I think your managers would benefit from is by thinking of a comprehensive strategy to their rewards and recognition programs. So I'm not saying throw everything out. That would be wrong. But to start, it starts with you. It starts with the individual manager and identifying what practice of gratitude that they that fits them. So some people say, I'm not a journaler. I don't want to write. That's okay. But drawing 
or sketching or painting might be a way to actually capture what you're grateful for. So the practice starts with you in, in any way that you feel most comfortable. And that, that then builds into your value system. It builds into um, the values of the organization. And then it also then turns into frequency. So can, could we look at doing the three good things activity a couple of times a week? That would be great. Journaling once or twice a week. The, or, or can we create visuals or in our office, in our work environment that reminds us of what's going very well? You know, sometimes when you see people doing um, a, a campaign to raise funds or, you know, get so many units of blood donated, you can see that visual that shows the progress that's being made. And that is a way of evoking a sense of appreciation and gratitude for what's been accomplished. And then one of the things in, I fall back on all the time is the specificity. How specific are we in what we're expressing gratitude for? Um, it's not a competitive sport. It's very important to remember that. So just starting all over, it starts with the individual specific to values. It should be genuine, frequent, but it also should be something that feels very natural to you. As a manager, then you can set that tone in your own department and not to overlook that there is engagement benefits for employees if they are giving um, uh, recognition to someone or if they're receiving. And now the research shows that even if I'm observing somebody being recognized specifically for the work that they're doing, I get that same boost of neurochemicals. I'm getting more engaged because I'm seeing a culture that really does understand how important it is for me to be recognized that I exist, that I am contributing. Um, and so I think it's a continuous circle that just builds and broadens further out into the organization. So if you have cross teams functioning together, maybe for a specific project, what does some of this research and gratitude lend to itself when maybe you're just working with some individuals on a specific project and then everybody kind of goes back to their own home team, so to speak. And then, and so that, I think that comprehensive strategy works uh, with, with whatever team environment you're working in. I think the best part of all of that is that, well, maybe it's not good because if you're listening to this, you have no excuses. You don't, you don't need to go to HR to get their blessing on this. You don't have yeah. to wait for a budget. You don't need to ask your boss for permission. Like you said, Linda, yes. it all begins with you. And I think you've been pretty clear that if we can push forward on this, we, we build engagement. Building engagement sort of forces out the behaviors of mayhem right. and BMWs, which means the bottom line is life gets better. And if you would like your work life to get better, which we know correlates to your happy home life, then let's, let's get after it. Linda, this has been some great information. How can my audience 
get more information about you? How can they work with you? How can they get a copy of your book? Well, um, great questions. Thank you um, for letting me share that. So I do have a website, um, www.drwcoaching.com. And on that website is a link to Amazon, to um, my new book, Gratitude Heals, a journal for inspiration and guidance. And my email is lburton at drwcoaching.com. And I would welcome anybody emailing me or calling me, 410-750-8335. And um, finding out what was appealing to you today in this conversation. And um, actually, I'd love to find out what gratitude looks like in their organizations or what they would like it to look like. That would be great. Well, Linda, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us today. I'm, I'm trying as much as possible to show you <laughs> gratitude. We really appreciate this is great advice, and I've learned a lot. and And it's things that I think I can even implement into the programs that we run at Boss Builders. Absolutely. So, thank oh, you. Thank you. We I really appreciate, appreciate you, you, and um, look forward to hearing from any member of your audience that's intrigued by this work. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the Boss Builder Podcast. You know, if you're listening to these as you are commuting to and from work, I would highly recommend you listen again when you get home just so you can take some notes. We do our best to get you great information And sometimes if you're like me, you got to write the stuff down. On another note, for your further development, if you work for an organization and you think that it would be valuable to partner with us, which I think is a good idea, we invite you to check us out online at thebossbuilders.com. We have three options, our signature driving results on-site workshop, which our trainers come out and deliver for you. We also have our very popular Boss Builder Academy, which is video-driven. And we also offer the option of having your organization license our training materials so that your trainers can go ahead and deliver them on site. If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher, the other thing we'd appreciate is if you could just take a moment and leave us a brief, positive, of course, review. That would really help us out a great deal. And refer this podcast to anybody you know that you think could benefit from it. Until the next time we meet. Get out there, boss up, boss on, and more importantly, make a commitment to being the boss at being a great boss. Goodbye.